Welcome back to the Archie Sonic Digest. Folks, I'm going to be real with you. Freedom Fighters, it ain't looking too hot. Let's let's count our casualties. We got to remember from last time. Sally's been roboticized. Uh, Bunny, crystallized by Nogus, who is now the king of Numobotropolis for the record. That's a whole other thing. After being crystallized, she was de-roboticized. Which normally, we've we've established that that should not happen, but regardless, it did. And then during a mission, Antoine, Antoine bit the dust and took a self-destructing Metal Sonic head-on, and he is now in a coma. So we are now three out of the Freedom Fighter team, and our man Sonic, he's feeling it. He's not doing too hot. Um, so what is the response? Where do we go from here as uh, everything crumbles around us, as things continue to get worse? How do we stop it? How do we fight back? How do we collect the pieces together that we are witnessing in front of us, right? So I think without further ado, let's figure this out. Sonic 236, Flynn and Yardley, the creative team for this issue. So we open on Eggman. He's seen flying over the city of Furville in the Death Egg. He makes an announcement that he will be acquiring the city and either roboticizing or legionizing you guys. I don't know. Depends on who's immune. But Orbot kind of speaks up and questions, hey, what's, why are you making this case? Eggman says, well, despite the cosmic reset, about half the planet is still actually immune to roboticization. That's a little interesting tidbit. Why is that specified? That's the real question. If if there was a reset, that technically would have fixed it. No. My assumption is that this was probably a plot point that was originally supposed to be a thing, but... Was left behind. Yes. I think with the information we have now, I am going to headcanon that from the center where the cosmic reset began, the people that were closest to it became more susceptible to roboticization. The further out you were, the less likely you are to lose the immunity. Let's go with that answer. Yes, absolutely. Orbot and Cubot, they comment that, you know, the roboticizer's still busted. We're still running dangerously low on fuel. So, you know, why make this detour while on the way to the Shamazon base? Eggman says he will fix the roboticizer. We can just hold them in egg prisons for the time being. And two, this city survived one attack before. Can't be embarrassed twice. Plus, one of the largest settlements on the continent... New Mobotropolis will just keep surviving the attacks, so there needs to be a place where morale will be hit. Now that the Freedom Fighters, of course, have been broken. We then cut to Freedom HQ earlier, before the attack. Sonic sitting alone, pondering the words of Scourge. And it's not the Fiona thing, or that I'm better looking. It's that all it takes is one bad day, and you'd be just like me. I think it's very interesting that we're it's that scene that's being called back to right now because Sonic is experiencing that bad day and you'll be just like me. Yeah, this is I, I like this this moment a lot because, again, it is once again giving reason to the idea that Sonic and Scourge are inherently like they really are just the same person, right? Like 
anti or no anti, they're the same person, just with different personality traits exemplified. But that doesn't mean that one tr- that, that that they can't swap to the other side of the spectrum, you know, or neutral each other out, which is you know sort of sort of where Sonic's sitting right now. This is a really this is a really good moment. I, I like this a lot. Big fan of it. Amy and Tails are running inside and they find him and they tell him about the letter they found from Bunny. Sonic just says, yeah, save it. I've heard all of it. So what do we do? Amy asks. Well, Sally's been roboticized. The city's turned against Nicole. Antoine is in a coma. Bunny's gone. Team's kind of falling apart. Sonic says, falling apart? Dude, the doc beat us. Nagus is king. The freedom fighters are done. And Amy is furious. She's smacking his shoe. Dude, we don't have time for these kinds of jokes. You'd never quit. Especially when your friends need you the most, Tails adds. And then Amy gets like right in his face. You didn't quit when you were arrested. Not when Robotnik came back or lost Mobotropolis or Nothole or our families any other time. So get up. We got Freedom Fighters to save. Big ups to Amy for yeah, being the one. Th- this is this is some actual like, hey shit heel, get your fucking shit together. We got work to do. We got stuff to save. We have lives that need us. This is a really good speech. I, I love see this is the Amy that I want to see. Somebody who is no nonsense, cares about the people first, and is telling Sonic to get his fucking shit together because he's being a whining little brat about it. I also want to point out these are like moments where like a reader can take away, like, hey, maybe like Amy would be good with him. Cause look at that. Yeah? Just kind of like get you get get your ass in gear, Bucko. Stop stop pussyfooting, right? And and Sonic agrees. You know what? You're right, Amy. You I'm not gonna let it all get to me. And it's good to know you two are still in this all the way. What I was going to say, as Tails so openly admits, is that we've lost the old Freedom Fighters. So we've got to come up with something new. We've got to have to seriously brainstorm through. We're in a rough shape, and we've got a lot on our plate right now. Speaking of more on our plate, <laughs> Rotor walks in. And he's wearing his old Freedom Fighter gear. Sonic asks, like, hey, man, what are you doing? Shouldn't you be with the council right now? And then he tells them, I resigned at a protest. Things have gotten worse. The council voted to exile Nicole from the city systems. And particularly, Tails is a little distraught that his mom voted for that. However... Rotor was here touching up the servers to give Nicole more room. It's not her handheld form, but it will do. So Sonic takes this to mean we're back on active duty, huh, buddy? But with only four of them, we can't keep an eye on the city and deal with Eggman. So just like you said, we got to think of something new. We then move to the continuing attack on Furville. There's a brave one leading other Mobians out of the city, but they're all caught by an egg swat. Plus Mecha Sally, of course. Then this guy, he lunges to the Egg Swat, distracting them enough for the Mobians to run, but not to much avail. Egg Swats are taken prisoners, finding more in the rubble, all as Mecha Sally leads them. So Orbot says, 70% of the city has now been detained, as Eggman, he's just reveling in it all. No pesky freedom fighters to ruin his fun. But then, but then we get a different look. New Mobotropolis' council room. Sonic and Rotor are making a proposal. Changing tactics in regards to the Freedom Fighters. The organization from this point forward will be split into two fronts. One to defend the home front, led by Rotor. And the other to attack Eggman's positions offensively, led by Sonic himself. So now, the breakdown. Penelope says, Rotor, what about your back injury? How are you going to work around that? But he shows off his nanite suit that Nicole made for him. 
gives him corrective support, so we won't have an issue. And then, unsurprisingly, King Nogus refuses the request. I can protect the city fine by myself. Motion denied. But Rosemary reminds him, we vote on the issues here, sire. All in favor of the formation of the new teams? And then, unanimous consent from the counselors. And, of course, even Hamlin is saying, thanks, Sonic, for going through the proper channels this time. Sometimes little moments like these are appreciated because it does show that Hamlin was pissed, but he's starting to, like, get it that, like, okay... Like, they're gonna, they're gonna try and play by the rules a bit more, which is like, okay. Rotor's team. Tails is helping to recruit two former Chaotix members to support his team, Freedom. He'll be holding an active recruitment drive as well. As for Sonic, Tails and Amy will be on his team. We'll travel light, hit hard, and fast. And the process bring hope to Mobius. And we will call ourselves... Pause. Furville, once again... Sonic introduces himself. He's slamming through a badnik. Amy's freeing people from the prison capsules as Tails does a bombardment on the badniks. They're a little late, but fellas, leave everything to team fighters. Cute. Cute. Adorable. So we now have a schism, a new a new dynamic in the Freedom Fighters. With the loss of the Freedom Fighters, we now have Team Freedom, Team Fighters. Uh, I think this is a cute development. It gives an excuse for Sonic, Tails, and Amy as a trio to travel and try and figure out, uh, you know, sort of what they can do to save people. While you know, Team Freedom goes and uh, they're, they're the home, the home front. Pro- yeah, and uh, and it probably inadvertently stop Nogus, You know, hey, you know, let's see, let's see how things roll out. And Eggman, he he's a little pissed to see Sonic. How many of your friends do I need to destroy before you give up, Rodent? And Sonic affirms from the ground he won't stop until he saves everyone. Honor the sacrifices of those who have fallen along the way. And I won't be through until I kick your flabby behind once and for all. Keep pushing me, Doc, and I'll push you right back. And then at that moment, Mecha Sally swoops in and intercepts, telling him to surrender. But Sonic spin dashes into her. I can't hold back, just like you didn't hold back when I was roboticized. Course, I, I was a cooler looking robot. Amy's response, Sonic, sweetie, less banter, more saving folks, please. (laughs) Uh, Classic Uh, Sonic. Classic. Yeah, classic, 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 classic. Sonic continues, would you quit nagging me? Sally is leading the ground troops. I am saving folks. But she says, I'm not nagging, just as she starts swinging at Mecha Sally. The freed citizens get the morale to fight for their homes when they see Sonic and Amy fight and rush in to beat on some egg swats. Orbot's warning Eggman, we're rapidly losing prisoners and robots. We can get out of here now with just enough fuel to spare. And Eggman angrily agrees, calls back in Mecha Sally, but leave enough swats to hold them back. Mecha Sally follows the directives, and she's heading to the Shazamazon base. Sonic tries to grab and rescue her, Tails coming in from behind, but Sally orders a fire on her point and hits the tornado. They're getting away, but Sonic says he knows where we're heading. You'll remember the place. Sonic and Amy are still cleaning up the last of the robots. Good thing most of the civilians are helping out. And then, Sonic and Amy ask for a little friendly game. Who can we take on more stragglers? And that's the end of that story. A very fantastic start, I think. Yeah, this is a strong start. We have kind of set up a, uh, a, a ironically enough, we are going through a, the start of a second world travel arc. A long, long time ago, uh, back in another era, uh, we did one where uh, Sonic and Tails explored the world uh, to see what lied beyond Nothole and uh, Robotropolis. 
And we're sort of doing the same thing again, albeit in a much different way. As we talked about team fighters, let's see what's been going on with one team freedom, which will be in our story B. Flynn and Yardley, the creative team on this one. There's a whole ceremony occurring in New Metropolis to show their new home team, Team Freedom, led by Rotor. Their recruits are Heavy and Bomb, two old badniks who were formed. And for those wondering, yes, these are those two characters from Knuckles Chaotix. We've been through this. But yeah, two old badniks who were formed, and along with two other additions, Big and Cream. So these will be our central characters for the home front. A very, very interesting cast of characters to be together. I, I'm, I'm, okay. Well, obviously more hashtag big, huge content. Yes, that's the new hashtag. Hashtag big, huge content when my man Big's on screen. Aaron Weber would be proud. Yes, absolutely. Love Big. Cream, it's an interesting choice as she's, as she's younger. And I, I, I mean, we'll, we'll get a little bit of dialogue about that. Mm-hmm. But Heavy and Bomb? Some deep cuts? I like it. Classic Ian. In the crowd, Vanilla is seen talking with Rosie. She says she's a little hesitant to have her daughter, you know, fight. But she does believe Amy when she said Cream has the potential to be a hero. And besides, Rosie, the kids you raised turned out to be some pretty good ones. But King Nogus, of course, not impressed. Especially with badniks that fought them in the past and then wrote her comments oh just like you fought us in the past these badness actually rebelled first tails and himself kept their cores and rebuilt them and then king nagus goes on to, to roast the rest of the team you have a simpleton and a child and which <laughs> big big responds with hello my name is big nagus holds back his laughter and says yeah of course it is which ayo don't, hey, don't, yo, don't, yo, don't, yo, don't, yo, don't, yo, uh, yo, uh, yo, 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 this man is just telling you his name, don't call him an, a simpleton, that's big the fucking cat, you put respect on his name, that's respect with a K, <laughs> yeah, that's respect with a fucking K, boy, so Nagus addresses the crowd, he insists, I am all you need to be protected, but Rotor insists, we are sanctioned by the council, and one man can't do it all. And then Rotor adds, Nagus, you didn't do anything to stop the Battlebird Armada from blasting a hole in the city, and it was Nicole's nanites who repaired the place. Your words border on trees and walrus. Spicy. Ah, uh, and uh, we, we should have mentioned uh, something. Um, so that, uh, that Tails doll we kind of talked about, yeah, it's shown prominently as uh, Vanilla is holding it. And then uh, the signal on its head activates and then uh, tears through a chunk of the nanites in one of the buildings. So the whole thing is about to come crashing down. Right on top of the crowd, too. So now, time for Team Freedom to show their stuff. Rotor puts on the nanite suit. Big and heavy, hold on to the foundation. Cream, airlift people to safety. And Cheese, throw bomb onto the collapsing roof. So their plan is to do some controlled demolition. The plan goes off without a hitch. And then the people cheer as Nagus is seen seemingly talking to himself. He's like whispering, see what you've done. You've ruined everything. But then he composes. Nagus tries to rile the people up and saying, Nicole's nanites have betrayed you yet again. But Rotor says, hey, if this was a glitch, Nicole would have been able to detect it and instantly repair it. I can do it from the suit, but it would be faster and more efficient with her around. Regardless, the crowd still chants for team freedom. Nagus declares he will inspect the earth. That was made treacherous to the Armada's attack, and perhaps in the shadows, look for a solution to the pesky council and the fickle treatment of the people. We'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. And that's the end of 236. 
Very strong issue. That was really good. A lot of good setup. A lot of good show off. Uh, we are getting into a rather interesting pr predicament here. But I think we're going to need a little bit more context before we start talking about it. Of course. Uh, so I think we're moving on to issue 237. 237, Flynn and Butler, the creative team. Now we see Eggman once again. He's talking to Razorclaw and Draco, the joint grandmasters of the Sumerica chapter of the Dark Egg Legion. The base is behind schedule because of the wolf pack that have aligned with the Felidae. Their forces are too much in sheer numbers. Eggman does not like that excuse. You have an army of legionized cyborgs and tanks and laser weapons. If you don't have a better excuse by the time I land, I'll... The power cuts out. As he was in the middle of a rant, very disrespectful. It was either the communications feed or the oxygen supply, but we're kind of running on empty here, boss. So Eggman blames on having to chase Snively across Mobius for all those power failures. But Orbot thinks it was the continued attack on Numo Metropolis. Cubot thinks it was the detour to attack the ex-king, but Eggman just screams, SHUT UP! If the original plan had worked, the region would have fallen to me by now. If it were not for Sonic and... Uh, the princess so eggman uses his uh new accomplice to tell about the way in which he can break apart the pact sally of course says that it's based on the leaders and the peace is tenuous remove the leaders the two groups will turn on each other for suspicion ha eggman asks her to do so and she complies now, this is an interesting element. We are clearly going back to the wolf pack and the, uh, the, the Felidae area. This is what we mean by the world tour, right? We are going back to places we have visited pretty recently where we were helping people and watching the effects of, uh, people learning that, uh, Sally has been roboticized. Yeah, it's, uh, it adds that little layer of spice. But yeah, you're absolutely right. We're visiting these areas with new contexts. And in that last arc where they did the world tour, the most recent one even, it was all about building them up and seeing what's going on outside the world and seeing what they could do to help. But now, they are still looking to help, but now they have the twist of Sally being the uh-oh, if you will. So they have to stop the uh, the domino effect of uh, impending disaster almost uh, sort of uh, happening by a proxy. It's interesting. I, I really like the setup and this idea, and I it, it, do, it has some, some very good execution. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So that's the plan. She'll go uh, handle that as Eggman refuels and restocks the Death Egg. We then move the Grand Chief's Chambers of the Wolfpack Nation, Lupe. She's seen preparing for a meeting with Queen Hathor of the Pais Mysterioso. And then Lupe sees Sally's shadow outside, saying, Oh wow, Sally, I'm surprised. What's the occasion? But of course, Mecha Sally rushes in, grabbing her by the neck. Come quietly, or the blood of your rescuers will be on your hands. Later, in the territory of the Felidae, Queen Hathor and her aide are preparing the ship to go to the Wolfpack Nation, and Hathor is assured the city will be safe. No wolf or legionnaire would even think of attacking, as she's seen walking on a path by herself, ambushed by Mecha Sally and quickly kidnapped. Now we move. Sonic, Amy, and Tails are at the Wolfpack Nation, all wearing little feathers on their head. Uh, it's cute. I like it. This little touch. They're walking to Lupe's house, and they run into her kids, plus two Lita and Lyco. They tell them that Lupe has been kidnapped, and their dad think the Felidae are the culprits, so he and the other chieftains are working best how to retaliate. 
yeah 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 instantly tails suggests that it doesn't make sense to kidnap lupe during a time of peace sonic agrees as much Lita and Lyco, though, don't put it past the Felidae to try. They are still pretty violent. But Amy comments, you know, this is probably like Eggman's fault. And Tails tracked the Death Egg to get here, so they stop by to warn them about it. Sally has been roboticized and weaponized, so that's probably, you know, part of the situation. They figure Sally under Eggman's control, Lupe definitely would not have resisted. Tails wants to go in to tell the Chiefs, but they're definitely not going to listen. They come to understand that Lobo thinks that the other chiefs definitely want to just attack the Felidae. So Sonic figures, okay, the best thing to do right now, team fighters, we have to go on our own to rescue Lupe before the chiefs can settle on something. So Lita and Lyco, why don't you come along with us? And they join the team for the time being. In the jungle, Amy has been catching the two of them up on the goings-on, if you will. And as for Lita and Lyco, they say things have been kind of boring for them. They grew up on the stories of the Wolfpack Freedom Fighters and all the good they did, but they just live standing guard on the off chance they're attacked. We want excitement, adventure. I've actually been thinking of going to New Mobotropolis to try out for that Rotor's Team Freedom. Pin in this one. Pin in that one. And then they hear shots. Time for action. They see Queen Hathor. She's running from laser fire. Razor Claw is leading his squadron that Eggman wants her alive, but not necessarily intact. But then, Tails' T-Pup flies in to distract them. Tails calls the Russian. The rest of team fighters rush in and quickly push the Legionnaires away. Lita and Lyco, they help up Queen Hathor, asking what happened to Lupe. But Hathor says, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not the Queen. I'm a mere emissary. But the Queen and your chief are in danger. So, it's a little weird. This is Queen Hathor, right? But Sonic just says, hey, listen, you gotta remember, their culture is based on clothing. She's not in her royal robes, so she's not the queen right now, per se. Just work with it. Sonic comes up to her. Hello, Emissary Hathor. You remember me, Ambassador Sonic? You know, from the socks. Can you tell us what happened to your queen and Lupe? She recounts. Your queen and Lupe were kidnapped by one of Eggman's robots. Lupe thought it was a modified princess, Sally. Hathor says that her people will definitely take action when they realize she's kidnapped. Most likely, they'll fight the wolves. So now... Lupe offers a plan. Lift Hathor up into a vent so she can escape. She'll stay behind. She's willing to face roboticization again. But she says, I can't definitely, I'm not going to be able to go through there with all my robes. But Lupe says, this will be my sacrifice, so that will be yours. Unfortunately, they were found by Felidae warriors. And Hathor says that while she does not have the queen's authority, she bears her will. And right now, the wolves and the outsiders are our allies. They've worked with us in the past. We have to unite with them against Eggman and the Legion. What say you? So this one Felidae who's leading this group says that they are willing to listen to the will of the Queen. But if the wolves strike first, it will be their last. Even though Hathor figures the Queen isn't here, she is in spirit. Amy reassures her of that. Sonic leads them all to the Legionnaire base. And we see another scene. Eggman striped Lupe into an operating table, praises her for being so industrious in the time since de-roboticization, finding your homeland, earning yourself top spot. Very good. You'd be the perfect robot slave. Probably still have that press community, but the backup plan is still legionization. Pulling out two robot arms. Story B, Flynn and Yardley, the creative team, uh, aptly titled Heart to Heart. Meet a mongoose. 
walks in to Freedom HQ looking for Nicole. Nicole answers only as a computer text on screen. I am here. I am where I can hurt no one. I am where no one can hurt me. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> Mina, Mina looks pretty fucked up by this. Sits down and says, we need you back. The city is barely, barely standing without you. Nicole's response is curt and intense. I have been exiled. You got just what you wanted. Ouch. Ow, man. Mina attempts to apologize, saying that she just wanted to empower the people with my music. I wanted them to ask the hard questions, to stand up for themselves. And all she did in the process was just get people angry and frightened. She tries to say, you know, please let me explain. I didn't fully understand the situation, but I do understand what it's like to be controlled. I wanted the Freedom Fighters to make sure you were all right. Instead of taking in on faith, we got to get you back in the city. Nicole says no. And her reasoning? I failed my friends. I could not save Sally. I was not there for Antoine. I watched Bunny leave. Jesus Christ! Yeah, so, like, we're clearly seeing Nicole has, like, you know, depression. <laughs> and she's, unfortunately, she is kind of right on all those counts. Like, she really couldn't do anything about any of that list. No wonder, right? She is, um, incredibly fucked up, uh, and I do not blame her. Because if you had to witness all of that and get exiled from a fucking city that you thought you were protecting and defending after a a horrible incident that traumatized you. Yeah, I'd be extremely depressed as well. Mina, you know, said, look, but all that stuff happened under Sonic's Watch 2. He didn't quit. He's leading team fighters right now. They Rotors pulled together Team Freedom, and I'm trying to make things right because I failed you. Nicole asks, you failed me? I failed as a freedom fighter. I froze up and almost got myself killed once. I moved on to become a singer to inspire people, and instead I turned them against you. Please talk to me, Nicole. We need to have a discussion. And Nicole actually appears, saying that Rotom modified the lab in order to give them more freedom. Nina's response is obviously, the room isn't enough, we need you, we need you back to the city, we need you to counter Nakus. I need you back. I can't forgive myself if you remained locked up forever. I'm sorry, but that isn't enough. You need to be freed. Someone told me once, I should be brave to meet the anger with reason. Nicole says, Mina responds, yeah, it's not an easy thing to do. No, but he said I had my friends to support me, and you can count on me to be one of them, even if it means letting me back into the city. Yes. And can you forgive me for taking this long to say sorry? Yes, I can forgive you. Adorable. Completely that, fucking adorable. Yeah, that was really good. It's showing that the unintended consequences of it all, I guess. You know, back then in that like part of the arc, Mina didn't want to like exile her. This was really just sort of an uncomfortable situation that she did like legitimately feel upset by with the whole Iron Nicole and all that. Clearly, Mina thinks that, like, she went too far with what happened. Even though, if you remember correctly, like, it wasn't really all on her. But that's beside the point. She's still guilty. I, I gotta say, though, I do like that Mina Mongoose, of all characters, is actually getting character development. 
it's very weird considering this character has sort of been relegated to a very weird position for a very weird time. It's strange, but Nicole, Amina, uh, slowly talk after, you know, Nicole saying that, you know, one of the parts of developing emotions is uh, learning to cope with them as well, which is very important point to be made. And as the two reconcile, a certain somebody walks in. Mr. Mr. Harvey Who. Please forgive the intrusion, ladies. Eavesdropping is my trade, and I need Miss Nicole's assistance for a certain project of mine. Ooh. Interesting. Ooh. Okay, so now she's going to get involved in the mix of uh, Harvey Who's little project. Well, we'll get back to this. I know I've been saying that a lot in this past couple minutes, but, like, this is all going to come together, I promise. <laughs> So now, we will go on to Sonic 238, Flynn and Butler, the creative team, once again. So now we open, Eggman is offering Lupe some last words before she's legionized, and her only response is, nothing civil, even that's too dignified for you. And Eggman's ready to change that tone just as a security alarm blares. His attention pulls away, seeing that Sonic followed him here. All right, Orbot status report. Still a couple hours away from being fully refueled, and we haven't even begun on repairs yet. And then Lupe, still smug from strapped down, the doctor's as good as defeated, as he runs off to begin flight prep. All right, we're going to have to take off early. Someone come in here and keep an eye on Lupe. Then we move to the outside. Team fighters are rushing through the base, defeating any and all legionnaires in their path. They clear the way for Tails to go in to do his thing with his group. As Sonic comments, you know, this whole leadership thing's actually pretty fun. Then inside the base, Haythor is leading Lyco the way to Lupe's cell. As Tails separates from them, they'll meet up later and meet them all up top as planned. So outside, Lita and Amy are still fighting legionnaires. As Sonic is called for by Razorclaw, now twice I have been made a fool of you, and I demand a rematch. A duel to restore his honor. Sonic just figures that how great. Fighting Lynx is a duel is an honor has now become an occupational hazard. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the challenge. I, I, yeah, that's 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 a pretty great line. The fact that how how many so he dueled lightning links, right? He fucked up Razor Claw once and now he's fucking him up again. Jesus Christ, Sonic and Cats, man. He just he just fucking just destroys them. Inside, we move to see Lyco and Hathor finding where Lupe is being kept. And this scene is definitely like one of my favorites for this episode. He's Draco is taunting her, wearing Hathor's royal robes, saying as Grandmaster, I'll get half the continent to myself once it is all said and done. Lupe responds, eh, well, Eggman really likes putting people against each other. So what's going to happen when I'm legionized? Uh, I don't know. He'll give you to me. Grandmaster needs a commissar, after all. Again, you're a short-sighted fool. After I'm legionized, he's going to make me Grandmaster to undermine the Wolfpack Nation. You'll be demoted. Or worse. And then Draco stutters, but, 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 but he'd never do that. He values me. And he's just copium. He's, he's, on, he's on another level of copium while the girls just kind of, you know, come in and kick the ever-living shit out of him. But no, that was genuinely a great scene. She's getting into his head, man. Well, I mean, it, with with somebody like Draco who has uh has no balls, uh, no bitches, and uh, most importantly, uh, no drip, this motherfucker is dumb as bricks, and Lupe is taking advantage of that. Probably off of a story from Sally about how she survived against them. With that opportunity, then they rush in. Lyco gives him that three-hit combo of kicks, and he's on the ground cold. Yeah, he makes a terrible queen. Lyco frees Lupe, just as Hathor takes the royal robes off Draco. 
Lupe says her promise was fulfilled, but Hathor folds the robe and puts it under her sleeve. This is no place for a queen. It will be returned when the time is right. So the plan now is to meet up with Tails. He should have completed his objective by now. Alright, I hope everyone is ready for a based Tails moment incoming, because this is sick. So, high above the temple, the Death Egg is restoring and refueling. Tails working on a side panel, trying to find where Eggman is going via a tracker that he is placing in there. Teapot picks something up, and of course, Sally comes in, attempting to kill and fight against Tails. But Tails? Tails doesn't take it. Knocking her away with a unique spin move. Sally's surprised, you hit me. I'm sorry, Sally, but you're not yourself. If I'm gonna protect myself, if I'm gonna disable you to save you, I'm gonna have to do whatever it takes as he slams her into the ground. God damn. God damn, that's based. Love it, love it, love it. Eggman announces the Death Egg launch will be in one minute. Either get on deck or move to safety. So Mecha Sally processes her options and throws Tails down to the ground and frees and gives him his options. Either let me go and deal with the matriarchs, or let me escape, and you get to save the region. The launch is now at 30 seconds. Something's gotta get done. So Tails walks away, says he's sorry. One day I will save you. I do not need saving. Now Sonic is still seen fighting Razorclaw, as now Queen Hathor is running out the base, calling for him. Take me into the jungle, I am needed there. Mecha Sally comes into the Death Egg command room. Sonic and his friends are in full retreat, but Eggman notes Sonic never retreats. I'll just have to stick with the idiots Draco and Razorclaw for now. This whole trip was meant to be restock and resupply, but I barely have enough to make the assault on Numa Metropolis. Can't do that and fend off the hedgehog. Then Mecha Sally replies with only divide and conquer. Eggman says, yes, I'll have to do in-flight repairs, but you are right. What do you say about paying your soon-to-be late brother a visit? That, that's an uh-oh, folks. That's a big uh, yeah, uh-oh. That's, that's a very, very, very cursed, very cursed words that are being said right there. Uh, with that in mind, we cut back to the battlefield. Uh, everyone escaping and running away, but Sonic and Hawthor have rallied Felidae troops and the uh, Wolfpack troops as they all charge against the uh, Legionized traitors. Sonic finds Amy and Tails in the moment, saying the wolves were more willing to listen than they realized. So... Sonic got Queen Hathor back just in time to lead the counterattack. Tails still got the tracker on the Death Egg, so all in all, mission accomplished. Queen Hathor and Lupe, you know, shake on the events of the day, promising Lupe she will have safe passage back to her lands once the warriors are done fighting. And Lupe thanks Hathor for her sacrifices made today. Don't mention it. Hathor tightens her grip, ever, to anyone. Yeah, of course. Lupe, though, apologizes to Sonic. I wish you guys came here at a better time. Would you at least guys like to have a place to stay tonight? But Sonic turns her down. Our job is to keep the pressure on Eggman, and we gotta go do just that. And the three run off to continue the chase for Eggman. But as they leave, Lita and Lyco comment how they wish they could fight the Eggman Empire like Sonic does and make a difference. That's when Lupe comes in to tell them something. I understand you guys don't want to, like, leave the Wolfpack Nation or anything, but the fury you unleashed on Draco should be spent on all of our enemies. So, would you two be interested in a secret mission? That's the end of that story. Once again, we'll get back to this. And now we'll move on to our story B. Flynn 
wrote, and Evan Stanley once again did the art. Always a fan. Harvey who? He's with Nicole in the base that she made during the Iron Dominion invasion. She is letting him use it for the secret freedom fighters. I don't have to touch anything up, which is how he likes it. Keep things simple is his motto. As then we see in the corner, Uncle Chuck commenting, keep things simple. Um, You're out here violating Nicole's exile, and you got me committing treason by rebuilding a Metal Sonic. Any comments? And you're doing a great job of it, Gramps. Uh, this is interesting. Harvey looks at it, saying, you know, you've got it up and running. Chuck, you know, kind of talking about the fact that he was able to recover parts from the original Metal Sonic. Important note, important note, the original Metal Sonic, Metal Scourge, and the Metal Troopers, if you remember those, functioning on their own. But once I joined to this thing's power gem matrix, the self-repairs incorporates them faster than I can modify them. And ironically enough, that Metal Sonic starts talking. This is Shard, and he is definitely one of the standout characters from Ian's run on these comics. He's very funny, has the Sonic level quips. His design, his paint job in particular... Actually comes from Sonic Rivals, the PSP yes, game. Yes, Sonic Rivals uh, features uh, Eggman Nega, and uh, Eggman Nega uh, summons a unique version of Metal Sonic that he made uh, with its own custom paint job that is basically si- identical to Shard's. But for those that don't remember, Shard is the original Metal Sonic in his final form who sacrificed himself to save Sonic and Tails. This was a long time ago, so I do not blame you if you don't remember. It's another hashtag deep cut from Ian, but it's really cool because we're taking the idea of the Metal Sonic that learned to be alive and to break his programming and now reincorporating him back into the story. Oh yeah, this, big fan of this, big fan of Shard. As he comments, you know I'm still like here. And then Chuck says, what I remember is you tried to kill my nephew. But Shard hand waves that away. Look, Sonic at the end of the day taught me what it means to be alive. Besides, you kind of owe it to me. My core data was used to build the Metal Sonic Troopers. Where was that supposed to be a secret? Should have installed your head last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's. it's, it's, it's interesting that um, Shard is obviously acting a lot like Sonic because, you know, Metal Sonic copy and all that stuff but he's got his own he's got his own little little edge to him and uh, it's very very cute so then who continues with chuck well as far as treason goes you did not hesitate when i asked for your assistance which chuck says well guess old habits die hard between what was left of your intelligence division and my spy network we did keep robotnik guessing and gave the freedom fighters the edge they needed and i do believe nog is as much of a threat as the doctor is now but unfortunately that doesn't change if we're caught I can lose my council seat, Nicole will face deletion, and that's before the crazy wizard comes after us. Director Who says, it is as it was before, Charles. We don't get caught. And as for the robot, still right here. We have two agents now, counting the time traveler. And right then and there, Nicole receives word from Lupe. She got your message, and she has the agents you requested for. Perfect. Arrange transport immediately. I want them here yesterday. However, we're still missing something. 
When Chuck asks who says he did screen for candidates from Freedom Fighters across all of Mobius, I specifically asked for Lita and Lyco due to their unfamiliarity with the rest of the citizens, so no one really should call them out if seen, but it will give them a degree of unpredictability. Right then and there, someone falls through the hatch. Right on his butt, Nicole says, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I forgot to lock the hatch, oh my god. But <laughs> Chuck just says, okay, you gotta fade away before he sees you, like, go, go get out of here. So this guy gets up. Man, of all the luck, I sit on the one rotten stump, down to... Where am I? But then who cuts him off? No, 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 no. You are Larry Lynx, right? The former leader of the Substitute Legion? Well, yeah, but no one seems to remember that. Hmm. Tell me, son, would you like to help make this city safe again? I believe we can make use of your unique talents. Wow, really? Well, I'd be interested, but I don't really think the people would trust me to help. Well, then, Larry... It will be our little secret. That's the end of that issue. And uh, for those, of course, who have forgotten, this is another hashtag Ian Deep Cut because this is a character, yes, he's only seen only once with the rest of the Substitute Freedom Fighters. And it's established that he just kind of brings bad luck with him wherever he goes. And uh, it's a one-off character that Ian is going to do his real damnedest to make sure that you care about this character. And I can't wait for it. Yeah, uh, get hyped. Get hyped. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. On that note, we'll be right back with the Archie Sonic Digest. And welcome back to the Archie Sonic Digest. Hope you guys enjoyed that breather. The time is now. Let's continue the ball rolling on Sonic the Hedgehog 239. Once again, Flynn Butler of the creative team. Team fighters are chasing the Death Egg en route to the Feral Forest and see it drop a small invading force. Just kind of drop it and leave. Tails sees that it's going to go back to Numa Metropolis and thinks we should give it chase, but Sonic says no. Team Fighters is about stopping Eggman's nonsense. Let Rotor deal with the home front. So Tails, put the tornado in an autopilot holding pattern, and let's do it to it. The classic catchphrase. You'll love to see it. Sonic and Tails and Amy jump into the middle of the SWAT bots marching on the town, but they wonder why they're even here. It's not like this place is a central hub of anything. But then Amy realizes something. Mecha Sally's leading the Egg Swats. And then Eggman understands that Eggman sent her here because this is where Elias and Meg move to. He's gonna make Sally kill her own brother. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that's Eggman's game because, you know, he's uh kind of a kind of a psychopath. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Sonic says, Nope, that's not gonna happen. Sonic walks along a path behind Mecha Sally, just says, Hey. Can, can we, uh, can we have a talk? But she says, nope. Silver Sonic, engage. And then the rebuilt Silver Sonic from the Death Egg is seen crashing through a house, attempting to crush Sonic. All right, I'll deal with the Jolly Gray Giant. Amy and Tails, go get to Sal before she finds Elias. Then inside the house, we see some villagers along with, uh, Elias and Meg. He's ready to go out there and fight as warm-up for his little, uh, assignment. And now here's something that I do need to comment on. We see some two characters that we have not seen for a long time. So these two characters are Colonel Somersby and his wife. Now I bring these two characters up because these are characters that were introduced with Elias when he was introduced in the comics. However, they were seen that one time and never again. That's why I don't think the editors are citing their first appearance because it's been so long that even the editor does not know that these are old returning characters and i think that's hysterical 
I know we we've we've reached that point where the only person with deep lore knowledge is Ian, and everyone's just like, I don't know, just don't, just, just don't, just don't be weird about it, man. That's all we ask. Exactly. The plan is that they want to get Elias out of there, sneak out the back. Elias is just like, no, no, I I, I need to stay here and fight. But the colonel just says, listen, we lived both me and my life, both me and my wife. Both live to keep you alive, and I will not seek to abandon that post. So then Elias, he takes a second, and then agrees. He'll be going off with Lita and Lyco, who showed up just a second ago, wearing, like, their secret freedom fighter gear. And their gear is also supposed to be a reference to Sonic Rivals. I'll, I'll explain more of that in a second. He goes along with them. And then, as they sneak out the back, the three are caught by Tails. And he's just like, hey, what what's happening? Especially with, like, Lita and also Larry here wearing those uniforms. Elias says, okay, Tails, listen, man. I can't explain. I may never be able to explain, but for the good of my family, for New Mobotropolis, you have to forget you saw us here. Then there is a non-communicative look between Tails and Elias, and Tails just says, I'll cover you guys. Get going. Mecha Sally breaks into the house as Colonel just squares up. I'm sorry that I have to do this, Princess, but right now you are not yourself. That's a right hook to Mecha Sally, but that's ineffectual. So she grapples him and throws him to the wall, leading Amy to rush in and hit hard. Amy and Mecha Sally clash their weapons. She's trying to talk Mecha Sally down, but she's not hearing it. Rescuing me is impossible. And besides, you have a motive here. If I were destroyed, you'd be free to court Sonic. I want to stop there, because number one, that's really fucked up. Amy also responds in a pretty bomb-ass way. How petty do you think I am? I'm here to help my friend. Then, Mecha Sally responds, We were never friends. But she's cut off and bonked on the head by Tails. Don't listen to her. That's just Eggman's programming. Don't let her psych you out. And Amy has actually seemed pretty distressed hearing that. Not gonna lie. She's just messing with her head, you know? But she's struggling to accept it. Just just as a baseline. Tails tells the colonel, You and your wife, you gotta make it out. Go help everyone else outside. Just as Sally is preparing a laser cannon from her head, firing out the roof and into another building. There are many distractions out here as she continues to fire aimlessly just to burn down the houses. Then Amy calls for Sonic. Man, we could really use your speed right about now. Speaking of, Sonic is thrown through the wall, though he wishes he could have some backup right now, leading him to homing attack Silver Sonic and leads him out the center of the building, using Silver Sonic's spin dash to break through a wall of egg swats. No more distractions. Sonic versus Silver Sonic, mano y mano, just as T-Pup flies in. But Sonic is like, buddy, that thing is definitely out of your weight, crass. What are you doing? But T-Pup pulls a rod out of its back, discharges electricity. Silver Sonic's now in a kind of weird stasis-looking thing. This leaves Sonic to head off. Amy is still stalling Mecha Sally, with the timetable a little too off for her liking. So, Egg Swats, convene on me, so they can handle Amy. As Amy's distracted now, Mecha Sally's sifting through Elias' home. It's empty. The target's been lost. And also, ground troops are now down to 10% of initial order. As Sonic comes into center fold, T-Pup holding back Silver Sonic, some of the villagers are tying it down, and others of the town militia are fighting their own on the egg swats. Now, finally, Sonic sees Mecha Sally. All that's left is to get you to play nice. Quit while you're ahead, Mecha Sally. With her primary and secondary objective fails, she merely returns to the Jeth Egg. Sonic wants to give chase, but he thinks to himself, the whole point of the team is to help people, and we can't rush out of here when we need us. Very good character development from Sonic. I like this little moment right here because it's showing his growth. 
And again, let's hearken back to uh, Sonic thinking back to that conversation with Scourge. One bad day will make him just like me. Yeah, it clearly doesn't, actually. Sonic really, really, really growing as an individual. He's thinking a bit more, not being so reckless. It's, uh, it's a beautiful thing to see. Sonic later tells Amy, we need to continue smashing these bots. Tails, go get some water to douse the fires out. All the while thinking, he's getting the hang of the whole think before you act. So later, they're salvaging together what's left. The colonel says they can scrap the empty egg pods for parts. All in all, it really could have been a lot worse. While they're here, Sonic wants to check in on Elias before they leave. But the colonel says that his majesty is not presently seeing anyone. Sonic's a little frustrated. We already saved Elias, like what, twice now? And he can't even bother to see us? But then Tails cuts in and cuts him off. Sonic, just, just drop it. But what do you mean drop it? Do you know something that I don't? And Tails again insists, just let it go, man. Trust me. Sonic gives him a sort of, like, intense look, and Stephen Butler's art makes him look a little funny. Like, this is very, like, reaction image quality right here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Sonic sus, if I can, if I could turn it into a Discord emote, you know? <laughs> it's got that energy. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of it. Good job. Either way, he passes. Tails, I'll trust your judgment on this one, dude. Elias is then seen flying on a saucer with Lita and Larry. They see the Death Egg flying over the city. Elias is worried that they're sitting ducks with Sonic not here, but we then move to inside the city of New Mobotropolis. Rotor's prepping his team Frieden to go in for the fight. This is what we're here for. That's the end of that story. That's the end of 239, and we will move on with our last bit of the main book for now. Sonic the Hedgehog issue 240. Once again, Flynn and Butler are the creative team. Love to see it. So Amy's trying to call into the new Mobotropolis army. The Death Egg is coming into the city, unbeknownst to her, but they're all scrambling into action. So that's why no one's picking up the call. Overhead, Eggman is just kicking back, relaxing, happy when a plan comes together. Sonic is away in some backwater village, leaving his precious hometown to attack. Let the invasion begin. Heavy asks Rotor for orders. This is a this is a family reunion I'd rather avoid. Rotor tells him, stand back for now. If Nicole were online, we could do this a lot faster, but at least we still have the force field. It comes back online, right underneath the death egg, and it hits the force field. Its systems start to scramble. Orbot confirms collision with the shield. Oh, I do hate parallel parking. Ah, uh, classic. Fuck parallel parking. That shit awful. That it, shit awful. This, this is a Florida moment because we don't even learn to parallel park, man. It's rough out it's, here. It, it's, just, it's just awful in general. Eggman refuses to deny the rematch. Hey, whatever happened with Operation Deadly Cuddles? It should have taken care of this whole thing by now. Orba reads that the Tails doll was damaged during deployment, but it's still moving into position, I think. Speaking of that, the Tails doll is, uh, you know, uh, just floating. Comes across the uh, shield generator and burns it to a crisp. Oh boy. And obviously, the shield gives out and leaves Eggman to drop in the egg pods into the city. And this pushes Team Freedom into action. Rotor calls him out, defend the city. Then in the back, Lita and Larry are leading Elias to Secret HQ. We got hidden entrances all over the city in cases like this. So they go to a tree stump and slide on in. Harvey who awaits. Kalias says, I left my home in the middle of a Badnik invasion, so tell me you got more good news, man. Oh, the best news possible. Your team is assembled, and introduces them in turn. Lita and Lyco, two of the Wolfpack Nation, some of the finest young warriors on Mobius. Larry Lynx, former freedom fighter with a luck-bending aura, and can turn the situation against our enemies. Shard, the original Metal Sonic, 
repurposed for our cause, and his power will bolster ours tenfold. And finally, Silver the Hedgehog, time traveler and psychic powerhouse. What Shard cannot handle, Silver can. Interesting little uh, note. There is an alt outfit in Sonic Rivals that is basically the exact design used for uh, Silver here. And that's what the rest of the team is inspired by as well. That's their secret Freedom Fighter uniforms. They look pretty slick. I'm not going to lie. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, the the uh, the, the costume never looked bad. It, it always looked pretty solid. But Elias is extremely hesitant. Larry aside, none of these have any interest in the Republic. What gives Harvey? The entire team is a little annoyed and a little distraught at that, but... Harvey explains, Sonic and his team fighters are away. Rotor and his team freedoms cannot fight Nagus legally. These young heroes came from all over to stop his evil before it spreads. They're willing to leave their normal lives and fight the fight that nobody else can or will. The only question left, are you? Ooh, spicy. Elias, after thinking it over for a second, agrees. All right, team, I'm late to the party and the city is under attack. Give me the crash course. We've got X Swats to fight. So I, I gotta I gotta I gotta ask you, um, because I, I have some thoughts about this. Uh how do you feel about the concept of the secret freedom fighters? So we're gonna explore them a bit more in a second. I am a fan of this idea. The setup here is that obviously everyone recognizes that Nagas is a threat, but since he's legally the king. They can't really fight them lest they commit treason. So that's a problem. So to have this other team to like work in the shadows against Nagus, this is a in universe a very smart idea. And it creates a new dynamic for the reader to sort of understand, okay, what are these guys going to be doing in the background? A lot can come out of this team, and I'm very excited to see what they're going to do. I I have mixed feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I get what they're trying to do. I get they're trying to sort of give, like, Elias more purpose and more agency in the story. Because he's kind of been sort of sort of bitch-made bitch for a bit. He really hasn't done much. He's been kind of getting pushed around. Yeah, he had a good moment when, like, Nagas showed up first. But, like, that after that, that was kind of just it, right? Yeah, it's kind of it. But, like, it feels a little bit like Silver could have been the leader. You know, I, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of Elias leading this team. I mean, that's interesting you bring that up because uh, for all intents and purposes, Silver kind of is the de facto leader. On paper, Elias is the leader, but like Silver's kind of the one with the real agency here, if you think about it. Yeah, and it's it's sort of just how it's framed that kind of bothers me, especially Lita and Lyco. Uh, they feel almost a little Charlie's Angels-esque with, with how they were just sort of shoved into the plot. I mean, Larry Lynx is kind of interesting, I, but I mean, a shard though. Shard is like actual yeah. Kino. Yeah. That's 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 some that's some good shit right there. I mean, come on, An, a, the original Metal Sonic repurposed as like our boy. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty dope. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of my general thoughts uh, to start out. But you know, that's just that's just how I feel. Everyone's entitled to their other opinion. So now in the field. Cream, she's being directly attacked by laser fire as Big comes in to break that robot down. So Rotor 
obviously not wanting to have a child in the middle of the fight, go elsewhere. Go help guide the people into the center of the city. The military is setting up defenses there. And then Nagus comes in to help in his special way, throwing a wave of crystalline magic to an egg swat that just neutralizes it. But then once again, the voices of his former selves are starting to weigh on him. He has no showmanship or finesse or anything. But despite that, Nagus insists they're distracting him from his victory. But then something starts to happen to him. We see from his body tiny little crab claws protruding and he keels over. He's feeling the pain. Nagus thinks it's them doing something, but as it turns out, this mutating body is the result of the doctors messing with chaos energy. Did you really think our return would be the only experience we have? So now this is interesting. Now Nagus is basically a time limit. Yeah, Nagus is a ticking time bomb uh, with three other bodies inside of him as he's slowly mutating. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> as he falls, Rotor checks to see if he's all right. Okay, man, look, you made your point. We really could use your help here. But Nagus says, ah, it must be the doctor. That wave must be vexing me. Rotor figures, uh, I guess not saving you would be treason. So, I'll fight the badniks off. Then Nagus is looking real rough in the moment. The voices call Nagus a disgrace at this moment. Saved by the fat walrus. The three of us combined to make you shameful. Could you imagine being roasted every waking moment of your hour? I feel no, you, Nagus. No, no, I feel like I couldn't handle that, man. Yeah, I, I understand. That's all I'm saying. So, Rotor calls the rest of the guys in. Big, move Nagus to the military perimeter. Heavy? Uh, I think you guys should be falling back, though. You know, our numbers are dwindling. But Rotor says, look, Eggman is fighting for every inch of this city. Besides, you were with the Chaotix. Where is the take-all-challengers attitude? Heavy says that he and Bomb faced total destruction twice. You know, as the saying goes, third time may be the charm. Rotor insists, not on my watch, buddy. And Heavy says, well, that's illogical, but also reassuring. Into the fray. Cream and Cheese are then seen guiding civilians. Big is making an offensive rush through the Badniks. Heavy, Bomb, and Rotor are now being surrounded. Now in the Death Egg. Eggman asks for a status report, but Odor wrote Orbot replies, there's really not that much to speak of. Team Freedom is keeping the invasion at bay. Eggman declares that that's not possible. But, uh, alright, I guess now's the time to do this. And now, he makes a call. I was saving this for a more special occasion, but, uh... Oh well. And launches the new Team Metal. Sending off Metal Sonic, Metal Tails, and another one that we haven't seen until now, Metal Amy. If you guys remember from that, like, recap episode we did, uh, one of Carl Bowler's unused ideas was Metal Amy, so I'm glad to see that this is being realized now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty interesting concept. I, I really like it. Heavy and Bomb are calling them out. So, Rotor, guys, focus on Team Metal. It's going to be up to the military to handle the egg swats now. And so, we see those egg swats marching on the barricade. The soldiers are ready to fire on the front line. But then, there's like a black blur moving through their side. Takes them all out. As the soldier just completely says, good shot? Yeah, you, you too. In the sky. Rotor is intercepting Metal Tails as Metal Sonic and Metal Amy continue onto the ground. And on the ground, Lita and Lyco are taking down an egg swat, Larry hiding behind a bush. Seeing the two egg swats are preparing for something, and he's just really hoping his bad luck works in their favor, as one of the egg swats misfires on another bot. Epic. 
Big intercepts Metal Amy, stops her from flying, but then her hands turn into Pico hammers and just smack Big around. And then he responds in the most base way possible, saying, Oh, that hurts, and pushes it back. On Larry's side, the Egg Swat's gun jams again, and it explodes. Now two are down, didn't even have to do anything. And just as Metal Sonic is about to intercept Heavy and Bomb, another thing flies in to intercept it. And then we move up into the sky. Shard is tangling with Metal Sonic. Hey there, Junior. Let me show you what a real Metal Sonic can do. Fires its arm cannon and crash lands into the ground. Shard, the victor. He's holding the Metal Sonic's head in his hand like a prize kill. Except no imitations. Great moment. The art here is also fantastic. Yes, absolutely. Fucking love it. It's so cool. On the rooftops, Silver is seen holding Metal Amy in place for Big to punch through it. Metal Tails is about to attack Rotor, but then an arrow hits its air vents, leaving Rotor to shoot it down. The arrow coming from Elias. And now, Team Metal is offline. Mecha Sally reports her mission as a failure, and Eggman just says, oh, this, this is impossible! And he starts to lose it again. The, the, the crazy is coming back. I had won. If the Death Egg hadn't been so damaged and drained, I could have just taken the city with that first attack. Sonic isn't even here. I should be winning. But Orbot says, look, we have enough fuel to make it back to the next base. So Eggman just orders the retreat. Congrats, Team Freedom. You've earned my attention and my hate. Gotta keep it moving to throw Team Fighters off the trail. They're in retreat now. Cream calls this a victory. But Rotor wonders, though. Seems like someone else was fighting alongside us. But Big just says a very great mantra. I think all of us could take these words with us in our daily lives. Don't worry. Be happy. Wow, what a what a what a what a beautiful beautiful statement for from our friend Big the Cat. Yeah, Rotor agrees to that much as well. Now we see the secret HQ. Elias apologizes to Harvey and to the rest of the team. I was wrong. You guys really do have the markings of something great, and I am proud to be among you. Then finally, we see Nagus in a hospital bed. He's hissing. His body is beginning to betray him, as do his thoughts. The council works against him, and something must be done. Soon. And that's the end of 240. Big fan of this set of comics. We had a real nice start. We had really strong goings on. And Sonic's on the rebound. They're on the rebound. Yeah, uh, looks like the Despair Kino won't be ramping up anytime soon, right? Monka S, Monka S, right? Monka S, Monka S, Monka S, Monka S. But, oh well. <laughs> and welcome back to the RG Sonic Digest, folks. Now with us rested and recovered, we can just kind of barrel on through. The main set of comics were very, very good. I had a blast reading them. And they set something up pretty good, I think, with the new dynamics that we have to deal with with these characters. So now, what's going on in Sonic Universe? We were introduced to the new team, the Secret Freedom Fighters. Officially helmed by King Elias, but we kind of know Silver is like the one we're going to be following here. And that's kind of the situation with this next arc, the Secret Freedom Fighters arc in Sonic Universe. Really, Silver is the focal character. He'll be the one we follow through this story. However, there is also a second character that we get some really good development with. Some really good, really good content. Really, with. really, really good content. I like these set of comics, but I do have some eh, thoughts about certain things. Sonic Universe, issue 41. Flynn and Yardley are the creative team for this whole arc. So now we begin. Silver, Shard, and Larry are flying over Sumerka. 
Silver thinks he's beginning to spend more time here than in his own timeline, but it's going to all be worth it. He has to do whatever it takes, even if it's joining these secret freedom fighters. And now he turned the clock back to a couple hours ago. In the secret HQ, the team is being briefed by Harvey Hu. Their informant on the Council of Acorn tells him that St. John is currently bound for Sumerka. We must know what's so important that Nagus is being able to send his lackey there. And now another thing about the secret freedom fighters, obviously since they're covert ops, they need code names. And all of them are based on playing cards. So, we open with Silver, Agent Ace. He will be leading the team to track St. John and install a tracker on him so that he can keep tabs. And Elias, Agent King, will be leading the force that investigates Nagus. Any questions? Silver raises his hand. Not a question per se, but more a reminder. Yes, yes. I remember the deal. Go your mission, and I'll read over your notes and I'll identify your traitor for you. Scratch my back, I scratch yours. Now, again in Sumerica, the Windy Valley. So, Windy Valley from Sonic Adventure as well. Fun little shout out. Cute. Silver's team finds Jeffrey's extreme gear. This comic is really using a lot of liberal uses of the extreme gear. It's... I like I, it. I, I do. I kind of like this because Extreme Gear always felt very fad-esque in the games. You know, it's like, whoa, skateboarding, or, you know, around that time. But yeah, I feel like what they're what they're trying to do here is, like, really, like, integrate it into the world. And I, I think they've done actually a pretty good job of it. I don't know. I always feel happy whenever I see these things. They're not, like, anything, like, wow, amazing. But it's nice to see it, you know? It's more interesting than, like, just throwing in, like, references to the game sometimes. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you can only do so many of those before it feels like this is, like, overloaded as fuck. And you're not actually accomplishing anything with these references. You're just making them for the sake of making them. But when it feels natural and integrated into the world, I think that's where, like, the real benefits come when we're talking about, like, you know, ideas and, and, and objects. So I think the implementation of Extreme Gear into the comic has been pretty good. Continuing on, his Extreme Gear was left to the side of a cavern. So Shard, Agent Jack, quickly places a tracker on the bottom of the board. And then he comically just wipes his brow saying, oh man, that was, oh, that was so hard and dangerous, boys. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> Silver just like, buddy, you gotta quit it. We're on a serious mission here. Shard says, yeah, yeah, don't get your spines in a knot. We're here to take on one guy. Literally one guy. One guy. Just one guy. It's okay, guys. It's one guy. Silver and Shard go back and forth on how they should get down the cavern. Shard thinks we should fly down. Silver says his booster rockets make too much noise, so he wants to just hover them all down with his psychokinesis. But Shard's like, I, I don't know, buddy. Like, you kind of tend to short on electronics, and I'm, like, kind of a robot. So, uh, mm -mm. And then the ground underneath Larry just, just gives out, and he falls into the hole screaming at the top of his lungs. By the way, his code sign is Agent Joker. I'm not making the Persona 5 joke. Fuck you. All Persona 5 simps will be eliminated on site. Silver and Shard fly down, just before Larry gets a face full of stalagmites. Silver catches him in place with his psychokinesis, and Shard swoops him to take them all down safely. Silver just says, well, there goes the element of surprise. Between the screaming and the engines, Jeffrey's definitely going to know you're here. Shard only responds, you're definitely a glass-ass empty type. I, I love Shard's quips here. Like, it's really showing the Sonic, you know? Yeah, but they feel they feel like he's just like, oh, I'm so bored, man. I, I could just do anything. And I like the fact that he's very laid back. It adds a good uh, good dynamic. It also shows that that's very, like, 
90s Sonic in particular, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's definitely of the era, you know. It feels very much like it's a it's a it's the long removed like American version of Sonic that we don't get to see much anymore. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm down with it. I'm down with it. Silver though, I don't understand. Larry, what what's with this whole like jinx factor? Do you have powers like I do? And Larry just says, "Not really." Bad things just kind of happen around me, either to the enemy or myself. And then we see a flashback, a little short scene set in the time when Sonic was lost in space. He was fighting with Rotor in a battlefield, and then Rotor's mech just kind of freaked out, and he got shot directly. Harsh. Things just kept getting worse. You know, of his substitute Freedom Fighter Legion was disbanded. He tried running for office, but his ballot box spontaneously combusted. Dog. <laughs> okay. That's just sad. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's kind of fucked up. Uh, not gonna lie. But then the day came when his bad luck became great luck, and he just fell into Secret HQ and was recruited into the Secret Freedom Fighters. So. The director sent you, with an unpredictability factor, into a sensitive spy mission. And then Shard begins to fake cough. I know who your traitor is! Excuse me while I leap to conclusions on a single bound! <laughs> See what I mean? He's great! <laughs> yeah, and the, uh, the the retort that Silver gives is, uh, you know, very curt. Uh, the director is helping you with that, and Shard's response is even better. I know he is hotshot. He's also giving me and Larry a second shot with his little spy team. Might want to keep that in mind, since this is your, what, fourth? Owned. 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 He's done for, bro. Silver and Shard continue to bicker as Larry peers around the corner, telling them to be quiet. I, I think I might have found something here, guys. A hallway. Clearly meant as a booby trap. And then Shard pulls out a mask as a scanner. Nothing's there, but if it's old enough, I can't exactly pick it up. It's more based on electronics, a scanner. So Larry walks in first and immediately trips and causes arrows to fly out of the walls. Oopsie. Oopsie. Shard yanks him back uh, as the entire trap room just sort of goes off and they proceed through. Yeah, the whole thing just kind of went all at once. And of course, all that noise was heard by Jeffrey St. John. Further inside, he's seen looking at three statues, figuring he wants to see whoever's following him before they can see him. The three continue on, coming across another trap, balls with spikes swinging back and forth, Silver wants to stop them in place, but Shard, the superior technology, wants to use his arm cannon to destroy them. The angle of secrecy was lost a while ago, but let's just keep it rolling, alright? It's from behind, Jeffrey is seen rematerializing from smoke. Then they come into the room that Jeffrey was in. The sigils are in a dead language, but Shard can cross-reference them. They say that this is the tomb of Ixis Vale. One of Ixis Mogul's Elite Four. Silver stops. Ixis Mogul? You sure? Yeah. What? Why? Um. No reason. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no reason. <laughs> yeah. Sure. No reason. Okay. So now Silver is. Uh. This kind of once again begs the question: Could the future Mogul that's training Silver be lying this whole time? That's just something that's kind of been in the back of my head, and I have not found a place to, like, interject that. So here you go. Um, 
a thought. I, I, I don't know if I could entertain it. It, it feels, it feels too much like a, like a shot in the dark to really kind of like elaborate on, if that makes sense. Like, no, yeah, I'm again, not saying like, your, I'm not saying your theory is bad. I'm more saying that, like, I, I just there, there needs to be more. You know? Right. I'm just saying, man. Like, that's a possibility. So, continuing, Larry says, if this is supposed to be a crypt, where are the remains? Ixis Vale is supposed to be right here. Oh, this means Jeffrey got here first. So Shard's got tracks. We can follow him. Shard flies off to catch him, but Silver thinks of a different approach. Silver thinks Jeffrey must have slipped past us, but if the track goes around like this, he's tracing along the ceiling, Jeffrey should be at this exact spot. And then he grabs a chunk of the earth with his psychokinesis and just yanks a chunk off. And he catches Jeffrey at the exact spot, and Shard confirms that from above. However, they don't see him. Silver says, unless he's focusing on him, he's not completely immobile. So he's kind of just floating there. With that, Jeffrey takes his chance, jumps up from the rubble. Shard sees him and calls him out. And Jeffrey responds by firing an arrow with dynamite, rushing off. But the dynamite hits the rock above and uh, crushes Shard. But he's fine. Just says he hates being buried alive. Brings back bad memories. The robot has PTSD, bro. Wow. Jesus. I, I I do like that characters get little interactions like this that very clearly references the fact that they're all just a little bit scarred by all the fucked up shit that they've gone through. That and also, I mean, if you folks have not been following us with the Mega Man comics, uh, Robots with PTSD just happens to be a very common theme in that book. So it's a little funny that we come across it again here. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, someone, Mr. Ian was uh, definitely in a mindset when, uh, when writing that, you know. Jeffrey does the same thing as he's moving away. Collapsing the cavern in on itself, he's trapping the three in there. He crawls out of the hole with a bag in hand. Doesn't know who those guys were, but he's glad he won't have to deal with them again. But we do see the tractor. The tracker on the bottom of his board is active. Silver, inside, is able to catch the rubble, but he's struggling. Shard's on auto repair, so we can't push himself too much. Larry, sit there and think non-jinxy thoughts. As Shard begins to burrow up to make a path out. So, Larry sits in his corner. At least we got the tracker on board. I wonder how the other team is doing. And then, we see him. Elias, Lita, and Lyco are in a cavern. And notice that it's beginning to be reshaped. To trap them. Elias tells everyone split up. If you hit the dead end, double back around. We follow Elias. And he's hiding behind a rock formation. As a fire spirit of Nagus' face is chasing him. You cannot hide intruders. There is no escape. That's the end of issue 41 of Sonic Universe. Gotta say, the big old fire face of Nagus brings back... For some reason, some game I played on the N64... God forbid, I don't know what it could be, but I feel some memories with that scene. I don't know what it could be. I, I could not tell you. I, I have no recollection. So, Sonic Universe issue 42. Brief note, the cover for this comic uh, has Elias staring very smugly in a James Bond-esque pose. But I'll be completely honest, and it doesn't look cool. It just looks really, 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 really cringe. <laughs> Hey, you know, like, uh, like, like, I, I get what they're going for here. It just, it just doesn't work. 
they can't all be winners. I don't know, man. I know, yeah, yeah, they, they can't all be winners, but, you know, I, I, I respect the attempt. So Ian and Tracy, the creative team. We are focusing now on Elias's team. The sun is rising on Numo Metropolis. King Nogus is coming to inspect the chasm where Castle Acorn once stood, destroyed, of course, by the Battlebird Armada. Folks, why is Nogus interested in a hole in the ground? Well, that's what Elias and his team are coming here to find out. Our Agent King, along with Lita, Queen of Diamonds, and Lyco, the Queen of Hearts, they're fighting to get back Elias's crown, skirting the edge of the law to do so. And Elias thinks this ironic, considering there was a time when he rejected his birthright. Then we see Nagus jumping into the hole, prompting Elias to call for action. The three running quick after him, activating wingsuits to stalk Nagus. I know this is like way after the fact, but the wingsuits kind of remind me of like the last season of Korra, if you know what I'm talking about. The designs are not similar. It's yeah, just like, yeah, this is yeah, just like yeah, just the guy the, that's uh, only ever seen Boss Baby sees his second movie kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Why, why, why that example though? No, not the core example, the boss baby <laughs> example. Folks, if fuck, you haven't man? learned by now, I'm sick in the head. <laughs> it's okay, we're all a little sick in the head for, for, for dealing with this comic for as long as we have. True, true. Nagus uh, bends the earth, if you will, to open the hatch hidden on a wall, as Elias's team kind of follow in behind. Nagus hears them coming in, but doesn't see him. And commenting to himself, oh, the trickster is away and the walrus is too fat to be stealthy, unless it was one of you. Don't be coy, of course I mean you. All of you shut up! Lita and Lyko are a little concerned over almost being caught, but hey, uh, who was who he talking to? But Elias says, focus, no gossip, and they take offense to that. Damn, Elias is showing a little, a little something from his dad, huh? That's pretty cringe. <laughs> Little little misogyny, you know, just a little misogyny. I guess I guess it just runs in the uh, the the Acorn family bloodline. Just the uh, callous misogyny, uh, dismissal of women, and uh, of course, uh, rampant uh, diehard fascist nationalism. Just all checks the boxes, huh? That's a little weird. Uh, whatever. And also, Lita and Lyco say, you know, you kind of dismissed us from, like, day one. You don't exactly have room to work with your buddy. We're not fighting for our kingdom here. We wanted to fight for the common good, and we left at the chance when we got this offer. They arrived to Numo Metropolis, presenting themselves to the Acorn Council, thinking that they were making good on their summons, but were dismissed by Nagus. And while Chuck offers to see the ladies out, he whispers, follow me. Make sure you're not being followed. Chuck brings them to Harvey, who apologizes for the confusion. They are here to serve the king. The true king. He stepped down to preserve the peace, and the acting king is not to be trusted. Sonic and the Freedom Fighters are away. Rotor's team is bound by the law, and we are here to protect the city in ways they cannot. And he asks them for their help. Lita and Lyco weren't sure about this. They are obviously used to the direct approach, but Nagus is a threat either way. We're in. This is a first. We haven't talked about this for a while, but we have a rare art fuck-up. Rare art fuck-up. A fuck rare, up. Art, rare fuck up. art fuck up. Rare art fuck-up. So, in the final panel, where uh, Lyco and Lita are talking to Harvey Hu, uh, their mouths are stretched way too far out and way too wide. So they just look really, 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 really awkward. It's just kind of there. It's very weird. Man... 
Well, you know, I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened sooner now that I think I know, about it. I know, I know. I, like, I, I mean, we've said it many times, but, like, the art fuck-ups are, like, almost non-existent now outside of a couple of questionable panels. But, like, every once in a while, there's one where I'm just like, no, we gotta talk about it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, too, it's, it's too funny. It's too funny as the main thing. Point and laugh, folks. Point and laugh. <laughs> yeah. It happens, it happens. Tracy Arley's a great artist regardless. They tell Elias... Hey, if you can't trust us, don't try to lead us, buddy. Just set the bomb and we'll handle the rest. And Elias kind of reels a bit to that comment, but the tunnels kind of go on forever. You know, right now we must be halfway across the city. And right now we might be directly under the military HQ. And at that spot, they find a cavern, an ornate room set up by Nagus, covered in magic runes, himself at the center. And we see Nagus keeled over on the floor. The voices of his former selves are becoming too much for him to bear. And he's like swatting away at them in the air. But obviously Lita and Lyko don't see that. Only him just swatting. And when one of them says that, you know, he can use the time to let loose a bit. Nagus figures that much. And he begins to transform into a pretty grotesque monster. And obviously Lyko screams at the sight of it. And catches Nagus's attention. Pretty detailed close-up of Nagus's face. Almost as if a, uh, hey, we know the art in that one panel is kind of off. But uh, here's something kind of terrifying. It is, like, pretty intense, though. Like, good job, Tracy. You you went off, man. Good yeah, job. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to see more of that shortly. But we do cut back to Elias as he's uh, a bit miffed over the fact that he got told uh, to sit down and shut the fuck up by two women. Mm-mm. He's not happy about it talking about how he's annoyed that they're telling him how to save his kingdom. As Elias then cuts back to a time long, long ago, when Sonic and Jeffrey St. John were at each other's throats. Where Jeffrey St. John was completely and totally ruining the kingdom from within, and Sonic was just trying to do his thing, and Elias mediated. Again, just a comment, this is referencing a much older issue, but this is, like we mentioned earlier... One of the situations where this is such an old reference, the editors don't even know this is a reference. But also, oh, Elias, you're such... He's, like, really short-sighted. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's it's interesting because he does do a bit of self-reflection. And he basically, you know, kind of comes to the conclusion that he fucked up really hard in the past with how he handled things. The the sort of short-sighted nature where, you know, he's he's so dedicated to protecting king and country that maybe he's just becoming, like, his fucking dad. Fear. Scream. Fear. Bad. So, after kind of realizing this, he says, you know, uh... I'll link back up with the twins and apologize, focus on the mission, and then, oh, they come running. Oh, they come running as fire bursts out of the cavern. The whole thing is rumbling. Elias is scrambling to get out as Big Bad Nagus is knocking. And they all come back together, and we see the scene we saw in the last issue. The cave is reshaping. It's not doing them much good. Despite the fact that Elias left marks to note the way back. But obviously it's not doing so hot. So there, split up, double back if we find a dead end. When Elias hides, the fire in case Nagus is looking for the intruders. Saying they will take his secrets to the grave as he passes Elias. Lita gets to a dead end. When she doubles back, Nagus catches her. Has her in his claw. 
But Lyco throws a rock from behind, and not understanding that they're twins thinks this is some sort of, like, illusion trick. And that's when Elias comes in. He throws a flashbang, and the three are able to make an escape, and recognizes some of his markings on the way. Few more steps and they're home free, but then the three are caught by crystals throwing out of the ground. And Elias is called a worse jinx than Joker, as he wonders how their mission is going. Fire in case Nagus is on their tail, but Elias sees the exit, and sets the bomb off, blowing the door open, and tells them open the wingsuits the second they're clear. They're outside, but Nagus just crawls his way out of the hole, becoming more and more grotesque, and casts wind magic to interrupt their flight path. And then the three lose altitude and fall further into the hole. And when they're gone, Nagus retreats back in. Don't know who they were, but they won't be bothering him again. End of issue 42. To briefly talk, I, I, again, you know, we, we kind of mentioned the art fuck up earlier, but we, we kind of have to talk about how gruesome and grotesque Nagus is depicted in, in, in this issue, specifically. The transformation stuff and the, the, the multiple soul shit is starting to take a toll on him as he's looking less like Ixus Nagus and more like a literal, like, 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 demon. He's like a looking... demon, like a chimera kind of thing going on. That's what his design kind of was to begin with. But now all those accents and features are being really pushed forward with this, like, more monstrous version of himself. Which, number one, fantastic visual reference to show he's going off the deep end. But also, as we've established, Nagus is a ticking time bomb. It'll be a matter of time before visually the people understand that he's a literal monster. Yeah, well, eh, it's it's pretty pretty fucking wild, honestly. I I like I like that they are doing a lot of like visual play with Nagus as he uh, descends further, and the souls continue to war within him, and he can't keep control now. With that being said, though, a uh, solid issue. Uh, I do like that there is a bit of self reflection from Elias. Uh, Elias actually doing some things for once, which. You know, it's, it's a pretty common criticism of his character. He's a bit passive, isn't he? Yeah. And even though there was, like, that one scene that we mentioned before earlier in the episode of Elias, like, be, having, like, a cool moment swinging the Sword of Light down, but that was just sort of, like, the one thing, unfortunately. But now, he's given a proper spotlight, and I can appreciate that much. And the self-reflection moment, very, very positive. Good step in the right direction. Absolutely. It's pretty interesting what Ian had planned for, for Elias uh, in, in general, just moving forward, but we will talk about that when we get to it. Sonic Universe issue 43, Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. So we open on a rather interesting prelude, not, not something we normally have, but Ixus Mogul, tens of thousands of years ago, sitting atop a, a, a cliff where, where a battle is seemingly taking place using his mastery of the elements to wreak havoc upon it. Talking about the weak-minded, short-sighted Templar Knights. Not only is their resistance futile, but their battles will ravage all Mobius. Perhaps I can conjure a way to mend their wills to my- And then, one of his elite four, Ixis Vale, she's a bird, she flies down and brings news from all fronts. In order to bolster their front, the Albionites are partaking in, and I quote, crimes against nature. Folks, I'm insinuating this because this is actually foreshadowing. Pin in that. 
<laughs> remember when the echidna race was built on eugenics i remember i try every day to forget but it doesn't leave it will never leave it can't leave it will never leave it is a well it's a stain upon my soul but well uh... well maybe it can leave so uh the Albionites, they are abandoning their valor as they seek results. Ixismogul figures as much. They cannot overcome our power by playing fair, after all. Even if their plan is to slaughter us down to the last wizard, it will take a small army without restraints to take that last wizard down. Now in the present day, we're following Silver's team again. Shard blasts his way out of the cave. He says he doesn't care if he's modeled after a hedgehog. I hate being buried. Silver and Larry gasp for air. Shard just looks back on him and says, like, hey man, what, what are you doing? You're so winded. What's the problem? Oh, right. You breathe. You organics do that. Yeah, my bad. Sorry. But uh, we'll have plenty of air on the right back. Come on, let's go. But Silver says, after holding the place together while you blasted your way through, we kind of just need to like recharge. Shard says, we don't really have time for that, man. But then his jets begin to sputter and short out. And when he looks at his power gem on his chest, he realizes that he's got his own mortality to deal with. I feel like that's a very interesting choice of words. Obviously, he's self-aware to this extent. But the comment of that saying like, oh, right, I can die. I gotta fix that. Yeah, well, I mean, when, when you're a Metal Sonic and you, you're kind of just, you know, trying to kill Sonic and you just get rebuilt and then you gain a... Uh... A sense of self. You sort of just, oh, wait, I can, I'm alive. You know, maybe that puts some things into perspective. Shard sits down with them. Hates having to let Jeffrey get away, but Larry reminds them, you know, it wasn't a total loss. We put that tracker on his extreme gear. And speaking of which, we see Jeffrey now. He's flying into the pit we last left on and enters into the cavern with his smoke magic, finding Nogus in his hidden room, still deformed. And Jeffrey's shocked to see this appearance. Oh, he's really shocked to see his appearance. Oh boy, it's time, it's time, it's time, it's time. Alright, so we have we have talked about this character sucking for so fucking long. I hope you guys are excited because uh, Just Desserts is about to happen. And folks, this is a smorgasbord of desserts. Okay, so let's break it down. Nagus restores his former appearance using the Chaos Emerald, asking if St. John succeeded in the mission. He replies that he did, despite running into some resistance. The enemies have fallen, and now I have all I need for my next step in the plan. St. John asks, what is the next step? Or the plan for that matter? I am crafting the Chamber of Ancient Ixus Design, not seen since the Forgotten Wars. Its amplifying effects, along with the power of Vale's bones that you brought me, will enable me to cast one of our order's most potent spells a spell uh, on on what wait what part of the city are we under we are under the royal military headquarters where the weak-minded short-sighted council of acorn gatherers soon my will shall replace theirs with absolute control of the government i will command the people as i see fit and rebuild the order of ixus the city will become my army and none will be able to stand against us as nagas laughs maniacally and then we see our man jeffrey shocked and clearly distressed by the plan he snatches the bag away and just shouts at him whoa hey whoa this was not what i signed up for man i wanted to make a positive difference you know for all your intricities 
You were still a step up from the acorns. You gotta cross a few lines to make change, but this just goes too far. And then Nagus says the most delicious line to Jeffrey St. John. Who are you to lecture on morality? You spent your life stealing and betraying everyone you've ever met to serve me. And how do you plan to defy me? You cannot defeat me on your own. No freedom fighter would trust you. My way's the only option left to you. Jeffrey, bitch-made, because he's bitch-made, hands over the remains. Without question. Very good. I will forgive this lapse in judgment. You wanted peace and protection for the kingdom, no? With the Ixus magics and my guiding hand, the citizens will know a new age of prosperity. And with the city in my thrall, I'll have time to cure myself of whatever it was that Eggman did to awaken the ghosts within me. Your journey has been long and tiring, apprentice. Rest, for now. Later, I'll have you search the bottom of the pit for the bodies of the fools who tried to spy on me earlier. And the setup, by the way, of Jeffrey is... I, I really genuinely love this this paneling, this framing. Jeffrey, he's lying down. He's just lying down on the floor, curled up in a fetal position, and has an unbreaking stare into the abyss. And the camera is moving closer to his eye as his iris just grows smaller and smaller. And everything sets into him. Jeffrey St. John played into things he does not understand and he fucked up yeah can you imagine living your entire life as a lie essentially believing some random dude in another fucking zone entirely who says that he is the guiding light of the kingdom essentially doing all this in service to him trying to cuck everyone and everything insight because you have an inferiority complex that you can't get over because your daddy died and you can't handle it so you're banking everything on this plan and then you were stupid enough to watch all of that shit go down watch ixus's behavior and then just assume it's gonna work out yeah it's fine it's fine it's fine, it's, fine. it's gonna work out you know it's okay no no just desserts this is what saint john deserves after everything Fuck St. John. Fuck Jeffrey St. John. What I love especially is that Nogus is right. He has no one left to turn back to. He's burned all his bridges. After he was revealed, no one will ever trust him again. And he was exonerated only because he was pardoned. So everyone just kind of hates him now. Because he kind of like, you know, kind of like fucked everything up. And he... Yeah, this is what he deserves. This is what this character deserves. The forever lasting shame. As obviously we know that things are somehow going to work out and it's all going to be happy dory, blah, 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 blah. Kids comic. But Jeffrey St. John's going to be the one to kind of get away if you catch my drift. And he's going to live with the fact that he aided and abetted a fucking demon. Nothing he can ever do can ever make up for it. And that's awesome. After ruining the kingdom and destroying relationships and uh, hurting people's lives and betraying everyone. Yeah, this is fitting. Hey, Ken, phone's calling. Your character ain't shit. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty wonderful scene. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Continuing onward, cut back to the secret HQ in Numa Metropolis. Harvey, who is kind of fucking pissed. You know, the fact that they couldn't stop St. John, uh... 
despite being what? A super bad Nick who fought Sonic to a standstill, a kid who can move mountains with his mind, and a Lynx who warps probability just by standing there. <laughs> Pretty based. And he just says, and all of you couldn't stop one skunk and Silver in a very, like, dignified, like, military-esque pose. He was a magical skunk, sir. And to be fair, he's been training since he was a kid and we're all new to covert ops. At least we were able to put the tracker on his board. And where did that tracker lead? Well, it went into the pit left from the Armada's attack. Well, that's where Agent King and his team were tracking Nagus to, and they haven't returned or called in yet. All right, Silver, your team's back in action. Search that cavern from top to bottom and bring my agents back. They got work to do. Nagus must be planning something big if he's using all these sigils and working from the underground. The next scene, the three go down the pit, and when they touch ground, they find Elias and his team. Mostly safe thanks to the wingsuits, and since everything's all good, they exchange their information. Jeffrey went into a crypt to steal the remains of a Nixus wizard, and Nagus is building a ritual room right under where the council meets. Alright, Nagus is probably trying to control the council. Doesn't like the idea of sharing power. Well, if he were also to control the military, he could just depose the council, leaving only Team Freedom to resist him. But then, Jeffrey finds the six of them, and he doesn't reveal himself, just hides behind a rock and spies on them. And he sees Shard's power gem, realizing that's a Metal Sonic power core. In fact, this is the same Metal Sonic he and his Secret Service rescued when they investigated when Sonic and Tails were attacked on Mount Mobius. When Eggman came back, he made a point to steal the Power Gem, as it contained all of the Metal Sonic's core programming. Didn't need that back into Eggman's hands. Later on, obviously, it would be used as the core for the Metal Sonic Troopers. All that, top secret info. So either the Walrus or Charles are playing double agent, or both. Either way, there's only one bird I know crazy enough to pull something off like this. Oh, regardless. Back to the secret freedom fighters. Elias says, we got an idea of what Nagus wants to do, but we need clear answers. Let's interrogate Jeffrey, and it's going to take all of us to get him. He's gotten the jump on Sonic more than once, so we got to be at our A-game. Top form, boys. But Silver's got another idea. Why don't I just, uh, talk to him? Maybe I can appeal to his better senses. Silver, naive, tiny, boy, this this is kind of crazy. Yeah, I know, you're literally talking about St. John. Can you get through him? Elias is suitably pissed. Forget it, he already knows you're against him. There's no way he'd really give up information. I'm not so sure. I think I can appeal to his better senses. Elias rightfully responds that he has no better senses. He's a filthy, backstabbing... Ah, uh, well, you know, he's gonna say some gamer words. Um, <laughs> but Thank God. I, I, that's that's the King Max really coming out. Oh, you know? no. Oh, God. <laughs> well, am, am I wrong? No. No, I'm not. <laughs> Lyco tells him, All right, buddy, calm down. You're making it personal now. Let's hear Ace out. And he says something, Silver does. Look, I understand what it's like to go into a plan with the best intentions only for it to fall apart. He says he just wants a better government and grew up on Nagus's teachings. Plus, he doesn't have a team to fall back onto when things go south. And Jeffrey is still there overhearing all this. And like, we can see it in his face. It's all hitting real deep. Good. 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 Speaking of deep, the next day we cut to St. John lounging by the Lake of Rings. Silver walks up. Good morning, Commander. G'day. Sorry about that bit of business. 
the other day. You know, nothing personal. You buried us alive. <laughs> oh, he gave it away. He gave it away. He, he just he just doesn't care, man. Jeffrey continues, you know, what did you want from me? You had a modified Metal Sonic on your side. The deck was stacked up against me. Ace. But Silver's like fidgeting like, ah, well, ah, da, ba, 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 uh, the porky pig moment yeah exactly <laughs> all right i've been discovered but jeffrey just hand waves it away sit and talk man sit and talk and silver goes look i've done a lot of research when i came back in time and from all the stuff i've read on you and all the stuff you've done i can conclude this you would never bring harm to the city or the citizens i think you will do what is right and what Nagus is doing isn't. And I'm sure your wife would agree. Oh, Jesus, Silver! Jesus! It's just the, naive, the naivete. He's not trying to go for the, the nuts. He's really not. Even though he literally says, Low blow, I know, I know, but you know what I mean. She wouldn't have been on board with any of this. After a moment of uh, deep contemplation, St. John replies that he's right, but it's too late for me, kid. He basically says, you know, Nagus is casting a spell tonight as the council gathers to ratify the new constitution, explains Nagus's plan as uh, St. John just walks off, saying it's too late for him. He's got a future to save and I don't see you around. Good. You know what? Finally, something sober from this character for once. Once. He gets one time. One time. As Silver's left alone, he just exclaims, Is that all, Agent King? And Elias reveals himself from the tree right above them. Yes, team, stand down. And then the rest of the secret freedom fighters begin to pop their heads out from their respective hiding places. So later on, Elias gives the report to Director Who and applauds Silver for doing the direct approach. I would not have done that nor let Jeffrey go either. But Elias says Jeffrey is volatile. It could help us as much as it could hurt Nagus. And Director Who is nothing but joy to see Elias being molded into someone much like himself. All right, we got to stop Nagus. And if we can't, we need a low profile plan B. Just wish we could come out and tell the people what's going on. Obviously, the director says, bad idea. Nagus would cave in the chambers and cover his tracks. And along with Sir Charles, Nicole, all of us would be coming and tried for treason. We do this silently and let the people live happy and oblivious. Get your rest in. You'll be deployed in a few hours. And then the final shot. The secret freedom fighters are suiting up in their gear. They're all ready to go. Agent King to lead the charge. We'll stop Nagus, save the city, or we die trying. That's the end of issue 43. Excellent comic. Just like an excellent piece of Jeffrey St. John today. We will end tonight's episode off with Sonic Universe issue 44. Flynn and Yardley, of course, the creative team. So we open on Nagus preparing the ritual. St. John is pleased that this is happening. Very, very, very excited by mm. excited. He's just massive depresso. Massive yeah, depresso. massive depresso, as he should be. But above ground, the military HQ, the lock seems busted. So the council can't go inside to ratify the new constitution. Chuck says, oh, if Nicole were here, we wouldn't be having this problem. But in the distance, Larry is seen hiding behind a bush. His bad luck factor is working out in their favor. For now. Back underground. Nagus counts on Jeffrey to see that there are no interruptions. This part of the spell is too delicate. The concentration has to be rock solid. Just as Silver throws him into the wall, leading the rest of the secret freedom fighters to rush in. Silver and Shard, front guard as Nagus is retreating. 
calling for Jeffrey to give him his staff, but he's using it to fight off Lita and Lyko. And in the back, Elias is planting explosives all on the sigils. Man, I don't know where the director got these things, but right now, I don't care. Naga says he doesn't need the staff. The elemental command is unmatched and forces stalagmites from the earth. Silver is able to break one off with the ESP. Shard spin dashes through the rock formation too. Silver throws the rock piece. Nagus cuts it clean in half as Shard barrels right into Nagus. Direct hit. Then, this is a fun one. Nagus catching Shard in a wind funnel intends to suffocate him with oxygen deprivation. Which would work if he had lungs. And shoots him from the arm cannon. <laughs> ah, uh, yes, the classic, the classic. Nagus again calls for the staff so he can crystallize Shard. And while Jeffrey throws it to him, Silver catches it with the ESP and launches it up to the roof and driven into the ceiling. Now above ground, Rotor picks the lock and lets the council inside. And once they're all seated, they have to present the new constitution. Which, uh, as it turns out, everyone thought someone else had to bring with it. Larry is seen outside the building, his luck factor still in effect. Back underground, Lita and Lyko are fighting Jeffrey. Gives them props for the whole double of yourself gambit. It's disorienting, but I know when I'm being distractive. And they shout for King to look out. He fires from the crossbow, near Elias' head, just barely dodging it. And Elias loads the crossbow again but is immediately disarmed. Elias grapples Jeffrey, throwing him down, but immediately recovers. Jeffrey punches Elias back with removing his goggles and his face scarf, revealing his identity. Agent King, huh? Going for the it's so obvious it's overlooked? Really? And then Jeffrey taunts him. You know, there once was a time when I had my finger wrapped around you, you poor naive little prince. We don't. God, don't. Yeah, we, we, we do not speak of it. We do not speak of it. The dark times. But Elias himself says, I've come a long way since then, which I think can also speak for all of us. We have come a long way since we, then, we've guys. We've come a long way. Jeffrey simultaneously acknowledges that, throwing him back his uh, face mask, saying, uh, ready for round two, no more warning shots. Then in the council room above, Cream ends up finding the constitution in an envelope, said it was dropped behind a writing desk. And then Cream comments that the envelope was addressed to Mrs. Prower, and then just awkwardly laughs about how, <laughs> oh, it must have been left behind once uh, when, when we met for dinner last night. Ha ha ha. Huh, that's a little suspicious. I don't, hmm. Well, all that's left is to wait for the king to come vote. Hamlin suggests considering how late it is, I kind of feel like we should just go and vote on it regardless. But hey man, policy says we need the majority of the council and the king present to vote on matters. And then Dylan calls him out like, wow buddy, you know, you usually complain when Sonic or anyone else breaks policy like this. So he's just like, okay, all right, shut up. Let's let us let's vote to how we can move forward. Just as the power cuts out. Larry is pumping his arms in joy. Back underground? Silver is fending off attacks, redirecting his wind and water attacks, commenting, Silver himself says, you know, I once fought an Enerjack, so Nogus is nothing to me. Which also, by the way, fantastic arc. If you haven't uh, listened to that episode, please go do that. That is genuinely fantastic. Shard tells Agent King, he's breaking rank and I'm making an executive decision and shoots and destroys the cup Nagus was making the spell with. Nagus fumbles to get the pieces back together, as Lita and Lyko fly kick him down, and he is out cold. Well, Elias calls it a good job. Jeffrey says, you really should have done that to begin with. And then Silver throws him into the wall. You don't get to judge us, so let's wrap this whole thing up. Team flies up, 
and they go out of there. Elias pushes the detonator. Charges are sent off. Then the room explodes. Nagus is dejected. Vale's bones have been wasted. All the planning gone. Then a rock falls on top of him, calling for Jeffrey to come help him. And Jeffrey just looks at him, squints his eyes, turns around, and runs out the opening to the caverns. Nagus doesn't believe it. As he morphs back into his demonic state, he just screams, no escape. Crystals grow out of the ground, blocking the secret Freedom Fighter's exit. Shard once again freaking out that he's being trapped. So he spin dashes and breaks through the crystals. Their way out forward, fresh air. Makes me wish I could breathe so I could actually enjoy it. Cute. The, free, the secret Freedom Fighters make their escape as Nagus has Jeffrey trapped in crystals. About to punish him for his escape, but says, I, I, I was trying to just uh, run after the agents. <laughs> Nagus thinks the council will have felt the tremors that resulted from this. Jeffrey can just say, well, you can just play this off as you were investigating the tremors and we're caught in the cave-in. You, you saved the city from collapse, right? Right? Then Nagus reverts himself back to normal. Ah, yes. V- very good. Good thinking. Then the crystals recede. As Jeffrey says, once again with his dejected face, Of course, I live to serve. Then the next scene is Harvey Hu writing in his journal. The night comes. Doom has been vanquished. The citizens are none the wiser. We cannot share our victory with our friends, and just because we won does not mean the mission is over. We must still keep to the shadows. This is our sacrifice to protect everything we hold dear. We must give up what we want the most. And then continuing during this whole monologue, we see scenes of Elias going home to check on his parents. And his dad's obviously not doing so hot right now, but Larry is seen sitting up in a tree seeing his former substitute freedom fighters walk out of the building. Most interestingly enough, Shard, he's looking into Sonic's house. He sees Uncle Chuck with Jules and Bernadette, and he has a longing look on his face. How do I describe this? This is another aspect of the Sonic pulling out from him. What does Shard want now? He's a robot. He's been giving sentience now, but what does he want? That's a question that I think we should carry with us when we see this character moving forward. Just a thought, guys. Just a thought. So, the final scene involves a brief discussion between Silver and Harvey Who. Harvey Who's saying that he has basically deduced the identity of the traitor. Using the current Antoine's diary and the future one, saying that the traitor was not immediately obvious. Time is a way of twisting the facts, obscuring the evidence, but given the sum of it all, I'm confident I've discovered your traitor. Drawing X's on pictures of Antoine, Sally, Rotor, and Sonic, Harvey crosses off three, and Silver sees who he's seduced. Most importantly, Harvey ends saying that he can tell you why. We will find out what that is next time. Who is the traitor? It's pretty obvious. It's a little obvious at this point, but yes... Who is the traitor? That will be the question we leave you guys off with. This is the last comic that we have for tonight. So I think now we can talk about this whole thing in turn. The Secret Freedom Fighters arc. I'm I'm a big fan of it. I think this was a good arc. Establishes a new team, shows off what they can do. And they really did genuinely save the city from danger. And their covert op mission was a success. Dialogue was very good. The moment with Jeffrey St. John was... Dare I say it, folks? I'm going to say it's Kino. It's Kino, folks. I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. 
overall though considering you know the, the how the story actually was progressing and the fact that like elias despite the fact that he still had very good moments in self-reflection and putting himself back together it did show that he still is kind of showing that side from his father and that doesn't yeah. really sit right with me, honestly. Yeah, it doesn't either. I, I, I think it's okay. There are some really good standout moments in this arc, but I, I don't think the story is, like, that interesting or the banter at times, like, that strong. Like, Larry really does not do much. Liko and Lida don't really do much. It's, like, mostly the central characters are, like, Shard, Silver, and Elias. And, you know, Jeffrey getting fucking owned, which is, you know, yeah, it, it's all right. Yeah, I think this is, this arc is a very, very solid A-. minus. I, I dare I say this is the best A- minus I've ever seen in my life, folks. There you, there you have it. <laughs> the most A- minus of all A- minus arcs. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I'd put a rating or a number on it particularly, but I'll have to think about it. Yeah, well, we, we can do that another time, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, folks, that's the end of the Archie Sonic Digest for tonight. Thank you all so, so very much for listening along. I hope you're having a fun time as much as we are with these comics. So as before we go home, remember, you know, if you're listening along on YouTube, Happen to not be subscribed? Subscribe to the channel. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash sonicspeed. We've got a whole slew of content out there for as low as $2 a month. And I know I don't advertise this as much, but we are on Spotify and Google Play. So if you happen to be listening there, uh, rate us, leave us a, a review or something like that. Boost the numbers for us. I don't know how that works, honestly. Yeah, you guys are just there, I. but I appreciate you regardless. Yeah, I'd like to leave everyone off on a little with a, with a little parting quote, parting reminder, one might say. So, Speed, a bit of a weird question here. Um, You know about dodos? You know about dodo birds, right? How they are extinct, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just like, I was thinking about them today, right? I was thinking, I was thinking about dodo birds, right? How they were just like a part of Earth's evolution and they just vanished. Just completely vanished. Right. Just a... Just a, just a thought. Just a thought for everyone. Just a thought in your mind. Just think about dodo birds. We'll see you guys next time.